I want you to go to Genesis 21. If you recall, it's been almost six months ago that I preached out of this chapter, but in, in that particular message, I dealt with Ishmael, the, uh, the son of Abraham and the handmaid, Hagar, and I dealt with the part of this chapter that, that Ishmael became the dream and uh, not to let your dream die and how God heard the voice of the lad, heard the voice of the dream that God had given because God had given a promise. So Ishmael was a type of the dream. But now in Genesis 21, I want us to look at something else as we direct our thoughts more toward Isaac, Abraham, and Sarah. And in particular, uh, what is happening to Abraham through all of this. In chapter 21 of Genesis and verse one, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had said spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was an hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Can somebody say that's a miracle? And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that here will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Now listen to verse eight, focus in on this. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, of the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. I want you to get that in your mind. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away and departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. I focused in on verse eight and the child grew and was weaned. You know, if I could probably title this message, give it a particular title, I would just say this, grow up. Sometimes you just need to grow up. Can I put it in simple terms? Quit being a baby. Just grow up. 
Now see, there's places that I can understand why people have a hard time growing and maturing spiritually. And I don't want you to get this as, as like I'm trying to be arrogant in any way, but there's no excuse in this church for you not to grow. But you will never grow if you don't come to church faithful, if you don't attend Sunday school, if you don't. You're saying, where's the sweetness at, preacher? It's coming. Grow up. See, this chapter is first about a promise. God gave them a promise. That's what the first verse is all about. He did what he said he would do. If you have time today, I was going to read it, but for time's sake, I'm not going to. If you go to Romans chapter four and you start reading about the 16th verse, you'll find out that Abraham didn't stagger at the promise of God. And the reason that he didn't is because what's happening in the 21st chapter of Genesis, because he was willing to believe God. God gave Abraham a promise 25 years before Isaac was born. And now 25 years before Isaac is born, God said, I'm gonna make you a great nation and to be a great nation, he had to have seed that would come forth. And you know what happened through all of that. Isaac was that promised seed and from that seed came two children and then from those two children, uh, Jacob had, had 12 sons and out of that came the 12 tribes of Israel and the rest is history now. All the nations of the earth has been blessed because of Abraham's seed. So first let me remind you, God will do what he promised he would do. Now, the promise may take a while and it may not come when we think, but he'll still do it. The promises of God are sure and steadfast and God always does exactly what he said he would do. So if God promised it, you can rely on it, you can count on it, he's not going to change his mind, he will do what he promised he would do. Right now, the next big promise is Jesus is coming again. People live like he's not coming. They act like he's not coming, but he is coming again. Why? Because he promised he would come again. So we see the promise. They, they were rejoicing in the promise. But yet, not only were they were rejoicing in the promise, but then the day come that the child grew and he was weaned. And when it was weaned, he's now in a growing process. The promise is growing. You know, there's some things that God promises us, but through time it grows, it gets bigger. The promise he gives you, it gets sweeter, it gets, it gets more real in our life and, and we appreciate the promise more because it doesn't end when you believe the promise of God, that's where it begins. And it'll continue to grow because God just continues to bless his word and bless his promise. So Abraham said the child is growing and the child weaned, so they had a party. They did, they had a party. He called a great feast together. The child's weaned. Now we're not sure what the age of the child was. And uh, just like, I don't know how old your children were when they went from the bottle to baby food. I don't know. But this was a great day in the life of Abraham. As Eastern custom was, he called a great feast. What they would do at that feast, they would do several things. Uh, they would bring the tribal robe and they would put the robe 
on that child, that son that has just been weaned and they would set some food that he could eat in front of him and they would watch him eat food. I just like to see some folks get off the bottle, start eating a little food. See, there's the milk of the word and there's the meat of the word. And that's what this is all about, growing. So they had a great festival and they brought them together and they all rejoiced because when they placed that robe on this child, that's when the child was acknowledged as a rightful heir because he had stepped from the place where that he was no longer looked at as a baby, but they're saying he's growing now. And there's times that we have to grow. So here they are, they've got this promise. They're in the middle of a great party. They're having a wonderful time. They're celebrating. And then she sees her. She sees him. Who's she? Sarah. She looks at the bondwoman, here called an Egyptian, the Egyptian handmaid, and looks at the sun, and something rises up in her. Now here's the thing I don't understand. It was all her idea. See, Abraham, here he was 100 when Isaac was born. We know from scripture, Genesis 16, that he was 86 when Ishmael was born. You remember the account? The promise wasn't happening as quick as what they thought, so Sarah thought she would help God out. So she brings her handmaid, Hagar, to Abraham. And the the handmaid conceives, brings forth a son, Ishmael. Now she's looking at Ishmael, the very thing that she is responsible for. She's the one that went to Abraham. It was her idea. She got what she wanted and now she's mad. You know there's some people you cannot please. She never got mad at herself. She sees this boy, which now she considers to be a threat to Isaac, and she didn't want the boy to be an heir to Isaac, but yet we know God promised here that the boy would become a great nation too. By the way, he had 12 sons, and they're still occupying the land today, and God has honored them and honored his word, just like he said, and kept them. But as she looked at that boy, She was already angry, I think just angry at herself. Sometimes people get angry at themselves and instead of taking it out on themselves, they take it out on everybody else. So here she is, she said, get rid of her. I want you to get that woman, get that boy out of here. I want the lad to go. And then to make it worse, the boy is mocking. They're celebrating the child of faith, the child of promise. And Ishmael that had been born is mocking the child of promise, making fun of him, making fun of the celebration, laughing, mocking, scorning. She's already angry, now she's on fire. Now you listen to what I'm saying. There will come a time 
in your life, even though you're saved, even though you love God, there'll be times that you'll fail. Now that doesn't mean it's over. And that doesn't mean that God's not going to use you. It's just at your best, you're going to fail. You say, well, preacher, I never fail. Then you've never done anything. There's times where we are failures, no matter how hard we try and we, we make wrong decisions, we go in wrong directions, we become a failure. So now you have a boy that she looks at realizing that's my failure. Had I not brought Hagar into the picture, Sarah's thinking this, had I not brought Hagar into the picture, there would not be Ishmael. And if there was not Ishmael, there would not be a problem. So really, she realizes it's her fault. But now, her failure, Ishmael, is making fun of her son Isaac, her faith. I don't know if you take notes or not. If you do, you better write this down. There will come a time when your failure will mock your faith. Can I, can I put it in terms that, that maybe we can all understand? Uh, you know, it's, it's no secret here in the church. A couple years back, I went through an illness. They thought at first I had a stroke in the pulpit preaching and it was Bell's palsy, I thought it was great, went on to drug out for weeks and finally found out neurological Lyme disease. Well, through that, I had a battle. Uh, they said at Cleveland Clinic, basically, and, and I don't, I'm not downgrading them, they were wonderful, everyone was wonderful. You all were wonderful, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling they all they can go from is experience. And they, they would say, they would say to me, if you don't get back feeling in six months, just from our experience, you won't get it back. The nerve damage is probably permanent. Well, I went past the six month mark. Weeks past the six month mark. And constantly, because I got back in the pulpit as soon as I could, I would have come back to the pulpit right away but COVID was going on and I knew you couldn't understand anything I was saying anyway when I had Bell's palsy. But, uh, but yet, as soon as I could speak clearly, I was back in the pulpit, I was preaching. And then, as is normal in our services, people are sick, they come forward, they want us to pray for them. Now, when I got that, I got that from a tick bite that I didn't realize I had been bitten by a tick. But probably if I would have watched out more and been more careful, I would have realized that and a little simple antibiotic would have taken care of the whole thing. So there was a failure on my part. It wasn't intentional, but it was a failure on my part. And then your body is weak. So these people would come forward for prayer. Now, let me ask you something. 
The failure in my body was sickness. And the people were coming forward to be prayed for for sickness. What do you think the devil did to me every time I prayed for somebody? Do you know what he did? You hypocrite. You're praying for people and you're sick yourself. You're telling, believe, telling people believe God and you're sick yourself. You're telling people God can heal and here you are not healed. There will come a time when your failure will mock your faith. There'll come a time that while you're praying for lost people, that the devil will say to you, who are you to pray for that lost man, that lost woman? You have lost children yourself. You're a failure. Who are you? What gives you the right? Or the, he'll say to you, what makes you think that you can preach or that you can teach or that you can sing. Don't you remember what you were? He'll bring back every failure in your life and try to use that against you every way he possibly can because he loves to use our failures to come against our faith. But by the way, let me add one thing. For many of you that remember it and remember it well, in a particular service one day, as I was in the service, there was like electricity that passed through my whole body. Instantly, all of my feeling was regained. By the way, do you know what I was doing when I, when I experienced that? I was anointing one of the young mothers in the church that was battling cancer and had been healed of cancer and the devil was attacking her again physically. And while I was praying for her, praise God, it backfired on the internet and failure did not win. There'll come a time when failure will say, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know your weakness. But can I tell you, faith is greater. Faith always wins. Always. So there's the problem. So she said, separate from them. So then comes the parting. So we see a promise. We see a party. We see a problem. And we see a parting. You know, the devil would love to have some of you just run. Just run. Just go into isolation. Seclude yourself. You don't need all these people. You don't need the church. That's what he'll tell you. Just run. Where are you going to hide? What are you going to get if you run? You hide. What are you going to get? You're not going to get what you need. So she says, separate him. I don't want to see the problem anymore. That's the way some people think you get rid of a problem. You get rid of the problem by just not going around them. But you still got the problem. <laughs> you may not see their face, but you see their face in your mind. Sometimes you gotta deal with the problem. And parting is not always 
the easiest way. But in this case, God allowed it. And Abraham, he was torn because of the fact this was his son. Yes, it's true, Isaac was his son. He circumcised Isaac. But by the way, first, Abraham was circumcised and so was Ishmael. It was his son. He felt a responsibility to care for his son. Now his wife has put him in a terrible place. Never let anybody put you in a bad place. Maybe I better run over that again. This is not a thing against Sarah. Doesn't have to be Sarah. It could be somebody you work with. Could be a neighbor. Don't let them put you in a bad place. So he's not wanting to do it, so he comes to the Lord with this burden. The Lord says, go ahead, separate them. Don't be grieved. Now, isn't that a strange statement? Don't be grievous. Don't, don't be upset. Because Abraham, you don't see it now, but I'm going to allow this parting to happen for your good. So then the parting becomes practice and Abraham doesn't even know that it's practice. Do you know why you have practice? All of you in sports, why do you have practice? Because you're gonna, you're gonna play a game one day. So he said, this is all just a practice for you. So Abraham does what his wife has asked and God allows and God commands. He obeys the command. He gives, he gives them some much needed items, sends her out, sends the boy out. Well, why could he do that when he didn't want to? Because God gave him another promise. I'll make that boy a great nation. Well, to be a great nation, that meant God was gonna take care of that boy. It couldn't happen if God didn't take care of him. So now he's saying, Abraham, I can take better care of him than you can take care of him. So you do what I ask you. But I don't think it's still soaked in because it, it took a long time for this to soak into me. Why would you say practice? Because a few years later, God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac. You're only Isaac. And I want you to get the wood. And I want you to get the fire. And I want you to go to the mountain to worship me. And Isaac looks around and says, I see the wood, Dad. I see the fire. But where is the sacrifice? God said, Abraham, I want you to take your boy to the top of the mountain, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Now, how could Abraham do that? Because God had already prepared him. God had already surrendered one son and Abraham was submissive to that and saying, I want that son, Ishmael, now you take Isaac. He had practice at it. 
He said, God didn't fail me before. God didn't fail me when he gave me the promise of Isaac. God didn't fail me when he said he'd take care of Ishmael and God won't fail me now. He was so confident that even if he took that boy's life, he believed that God would raise him from the dead. So he never even staggered at the promise of God. He said, God said it, so I'm gonna believe God for it because I know that this is just making me stronger in my faith. Do you know there's things that God lets you go through just to practice? Some of you today in this sanctuary, I watched how you worship. And a lot of times people, when I'm out and about, they criticize that. Don't ever be critical of others when they worship. And, and someone just this week said, why do people like that carry on in your church? And I said, well, there's a reason why. They're practicing. And they said, practicing what? I said, they're practicing for the day when they stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they're free from a world that's filled with heartache, pain, and suffering. So all we're doing is getting in practice so we won't feel a bit strange when we get in the presence of God and the multitude of hosts are praising the Lamb that sits on the throne. All we're doing is getting ready for that to happen. just a time of practice. So you're going through some things. That's so that you can put your faith in practice. The more you practice your faith, the stronger your faith gets. If it wasn't for these challenges, we wouldn't put our faith in action. And when we put our faith in action, we're just practicing. Practicing. Sometimes you practice to be better. Sometimes you practice to make it perfect. Sometimes you practice just to stay in shape and to be ready. Put it in practice. Yeah. 